0: I've hit record.
1: Awesome. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabalcast. This week, uh, well, we kind of picked a topic that's been relevant within our circles. Yep. Uh, not necessarily something that's got a lot of publicity on the internet or anything like that, but it's it's really just here is where people are at right now with Dominaria remastered. Uh, it's. Coming out, it's obviously a hot set. A lot of people are really excited for it, which normally would be a great thing. Except for how Magic is being run. So, let's take it away.
0: Yep. So, right now, Dominaria Remastered gets spoiled, and then two days later, Phyrexia all will be One, PR machine kicks off, and now people are way more interested in what's going on there. And the Philadelphia Mythic Championship, which was also just announced today... They did their uh, PR video. It came out about 2 p.m. EST. And we can see what's going on at that event in regards to secret layers, events, etc. completely overshadowing a reprint set. And it seems like people are interested in the set for some odds and ends, but overall, the interest is pretty light overall. Do you have to use the same word twice in a sentence like Fred Durst? Now, <laughs> when I'm looking at this set, I'm going to take a look at it from a vendor perspective, and I'm going to say, okay, what do we need to buy? How much can we buy? Because we've been stressed the entire mm-hmm. year, just like the LGS ecosystem. Yeah. And our money is tied up. It is in Magic. It is in uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, you know, whatever else we're doing in our space. And we might not have the standard amount of cash flow that we have the usually on hand, to make a large order in the first wave. We might wait for the second wave. So we might start looking at the set as, okay, can we pass up the set? Can we avoid buying what we normally would? What is that going to look like? And the time between when we have to place in our orders and start listing singles for pre-sell is months apart. So we've got to make an educated guess. And if I'm going to look at this set and I'm going to see the highlight cards like we talked about a couple weeks ago when you picked Force of Will, I'm going to say, okay, people are going to care about Forcible. They're going to care about Mystical Tutor because it's the first reprint that card's going to get. They're going to care about Urza's Incubator. They're going to care about Urza, Moth, yep. Sylvan Library, all forms of Vamp Tutor, and Time Stretch, along some other cards. Those are like the, the main EDH highlights. There's some, There's Sneak Attack, but that card's kind of whatever... Birds of Paradise is on an interesting tear from a price point perspective, so it's nice to get a reprint on that in two different arts to lower the price, but I'm really going to look at the high-end stuff to see what people are going to buy and then do my pack crack math, and there's a really good chance that I might have overordered based on what I'm seeing from pre-release pre-order numbers. So I might actually have to door bust this set because people seem pretty low on it, and I'm judging those numbers right now based on sales on TCG Player, and nothing seen a lot because it's just getting listed but even a lot of those high-end cards there's a ton of variance in those numbers yeah. but as the vendor I'm a little bit insulated because I get a deeper cut kind of from distro there is the ability that to on the occasion want to set tanks to push back into distro like yep. happened with Dragon's Maze that was basically fire sold back to distro by a lot of players or a lot of LGS and, dist- and vendors and and so we have an out. Or moreover, like I said, we can door bust. Yeah. We can sell product in a bundled way that appeals to our clientele. I'm insulated. I have the bigger purse. Yeah,
1: uh, it's it's kind of nice because you know, like you said, vendors being able to door bust and also vendors just having extra access, right? Because you know, people can win the boxes on the prize wall and then try to convert them into cash somehow. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't happen as often as it used to because it used to be every single time you didn't, ha- you didn't even have to stock it as a vendor, because inevitably you would get just a metric ton of it Yeah. from players just at the end of the weekend. What are the last tickets that I have? All right, here you go. Take them all. Get them out of here. Yep. And okay. it made it a lot easier.
0: Yeah, we did that. Uh, Modern Horizons was a good set mm-hmm. to do that with. The first one, yeah. Dominaria, first time around, we were buying yeah. that set. Uh, we talked about that a while back. We talk about it actually all the time
1: yeah it's, it's just it. a good like
0: it, at the time it was
1: 75 bucks yeah cool 75 dollars is the best number in the room whoever pays that gets all the boxes Gets all up. yep yeah and it was we've... real easy yep. or you were just the booth next to the prize
0: wall there's that yeah and we we pal ship those home yeah and easy peasy for us
1: less good on the lgs side yeah. uh so this is not just locally here in St. Louis this is speaking to people that have LGSs on the East Coast like Delaware, Maryland, some in California even and a couple it actually in the, I guess you'd call it like the Southwest like I don't know Arizona, Nevada yeah. area. Uh the general feedback on this is like look, it, as an LGS, no this this is actually unfortunately the set a lot of people are missing on. Uh it's $220 cost for collector boosters. Jeez. And the fact that there are only draft and collector uh is short term not great for singles values uh especially at an lgs where shit i gotta get 200 i gotta i gotta get 220 out of this and the lgs environment is not as trade friendly as it used to be a lot of times people are just spending cash and why that's important is because if i am trading these out 220 is fine yep because i'm trading for 400 plus dollars in cards But boxes aren't traded for anymore. Someone comes in and buys them and pays cash. And if that's what you're doing, it's not great. Uh, I know a couple of stores that basically halved what their normal collector booster allocation would be, Uh, not to mention just them saying, hey, we don't have the money, is also, our players just don't want this. It's not something that they're interested in that they feel compelled to purchase. And like, yeah, they're really excited for the singles everyone is really excited for the singles but i think and this is just observation on my part i legitimately think that the issue is wallet fatigue between chasing serialized cards and then now we're going to be chasing old border force of will foils and i don't know if that's going to be conducive to this set being purchased and opened especially because like and I, I still believe Brothers War will be the most open set ever, even through the next calendar year. Because having those serialized cards is so much more chaseable. And I'm not insulated. I I can blow these out the door at a loss, but a lot of LGSs is like, they're hand to mouth. We don't really have the luxury as an LGS of taking a loss on stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially with things on the downturn, liquidity's down, everything's just down across the market. Yeah so not having the ability to like sure we can take the loss as an lgs but the more losses we take on magic product the worse it gets for us because there's a number of stores i know that are like struggling on rent they're struggling on utilities and everyone's like oh well maybe they should just get better like that's just not the reality you know for every 20 lgs's i would say maybe four to five have five figures liquid in their bank account at most times Mm -hmm. It's just not something they have ready access to. Yeah. That's all it is.
0: Yeah, and, and it makes it wicked difficult. Yeah. A lot of people don't seem to look at the numbers anymore because... I don't mean financially. This is actually a yeah. different point I'm going to make on the, the chase value on this. A lot of people don't look at the numbers of the cards and sets anymore, it seems like. There are 261 cards in the main set and then another not 160-something on the top end. Yeah. And that's like... Mid set size combined with another mid set size. So yeah. all said and told, this is a massive set. There's 456 unique cards in the set when you consider all variants. the The breakout's pretty easy. It's 101 yeah. commons, 80 uncommons, then three to one rares to mythic. So overall, yeah. it's a fair mix. And we know in the collector boosters, you're gonna get four cards that are rare or higher in every yeah. 15 card pack of which you don't know what set it's going to be in or what slot it'll be in the the regular yeah. frame the borderless the guaranteed foil or a combination of that. And if people go back to start and start looking at the numbers because this also kind of came and went we were digging for this before the cast we couldn't find that breakout that usually comes with each set. The breakout that we had was for Frexia because it completely yeah. overshadowed this set, and at the end of the day, no real changes it seems like were made to the the collective booster breakout. It's just a standard collective booster, there's really nothing yeah. special going on. So, asking your whales to move in um, as a 220 a piece is a little difficult. When I don't actually think there's a singular card in the set that's worth that much in any no. variant, so even on TCG player right now. Yeah, 160 for a retro frame. Or 170 for a retro frame, force will, same price for full art, and then the price drops to 50 dollars for a retro frame, uh, vamp. Cool. Actually. Well, when you know what's going to happen to vamp? It's going to tank when the set releases. Yeah, and then Urza's actually in between, somewhere. Uh, sorry, goes 170 to to 100 to 50. Like that's the way the price scale goes on this, and it is very difficult to ask people to buy into that when they could be buying the singles that they want instead because those will push the price down like we've seen and right now the price on everything besides vamp is pretty stable if you were to buy in now you're not really going to lose a whole lot or if you bought in a week ago in some cases you really didn't lose a whole lot by pre-ordering vamp is the only interesting case because nobody's really placed an order for that card yet like yep. regular I, I don't care about the variance I'm just looking at base level stuff nobody's bought a singular vamp yet and I honestly thought that between mystical tutor and vamp, that's uh, sorry, one worldly of those tutor. should sell way more. Yeah, between worldly tutor and vamp, I thought we would see a lot of pressure placed on this set. But the more you dig in, the more you realize this is just kind of a, yet another blase set, and it feels like I don't, the the explorers of Ixalan kit that like four yeah. player thing that had not a uh, time warp in it and Galta and some other odds and ends that at the end of the day like. 18 months later made it worthwhile to hold on to those things in sealed which is a fairly short timeline for sealed but asking somebody to pony up $220 for a booster pack that right now just seems to add up to a pittance is not where a lot of players want to be and again at the end of the day there are only so many cards in the set that people are going to be interested in and so there's going to be just a lot of singles left floating around and that's going to impact like I said before my math on what I pack crack if people aren't putting in pre-orders for these cards yet, then I'm not going to crack as many as I normally would and I just list the sealed and hope it sells over time, then start adjusting my buy list to bring in what I need so that I could sell yep. Vamp and Worldly and Sylvan and Forcible back to people. And that'll be it. And I'll just dump the sealed on the website, you know, for a small margin because yep. I'm I'm okay with that. I'll make my margins elsewhere. You know i have a warehouse everything has a cog on it and i can make a profit somewhere to make up for any kind of loss or flat line on a product yeah and it's really sad that this gets overshadowed immediately and puts additional stress on the lgs on the heels of an announcement that says well we're going to shift things around and slow down releases oh by the way we might be moving one up and like where are we right now like what are you doing what timeline is this yeah do you do words mean what they're
1: supposed to mean to you, or is this some weird, bizarre, like you're living in your own
0: Hasbro-induced reality? Yeah. So at the end of the day, this will be another product on the shelf for me. It's another skew to add to the system. For you guys, it's got to go back on the shelf behind the counter. Yep. As a product to display, and then hope. Like, do yeah. you do you even crack?
1: No. Uh, especially like. I mean, everyone is caught on now. Singles are going to tank when the set releases. That's just reality. Uh, Unless you're an LGS that's doing pre-orders, it's just not worth it. Uh, So you've got to be doing pre-orders. And if you're not, you're shit out of luck.
0: Okay, so at the end of the day, you're not doing pre-orders?
1: So some stores do. Uh, We do pre-orders in-store. We don't do them on the website. Yep. um, Which... You know, in-store, you can just come in and say, hey, you're one of our regulars. We're more than happy to pre-order for you at whatever price we set. Uh, knowing, and you knowing, oh, that price is probably going to be different when the set releases, and that's okay. Everyone knows that coming in. Fine. Yeah. We're okay with it. Uh, that's not the case all the time. Now, if cost on these was more in line with traditional collector boosters,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like 150 160 absolutely. It would be crackable because... Okay. That's probably your best way to get something out of it when yep. you know you're going to have extra products. Yep. Um, again, kind of hard to hit your money out of that, but it's easier when it's 150. It is nigh impossible when it's 220. Got it. I, it it's just not something you can really get away with, unfortunately.
0: No, yeah, there's no pre release for this, right? There's no event in support unless you want to do some kind of draft, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you have to rely on walk in traffic. For, for sales is on this which not is no... great yeah yeah because again uh, this is completely overshadowed by the next set coming out so all the PR material that you're going to get to display is going to be for the new set not this yeah Which is obviously not what you want
1: yeah. when you have to park this much money into a
0: product yeah uh, so let me ask a weird logistics question then about this because at the LGS level you can do weird things So you have your counter space and you have your shelf space behind the counter. If this product just kind of rots for a while, is it something you move off of the shelf into the counter, be it uh, draft set or uh, CBBs? So
1: collector, you will never put on the counter just because of the theft risk. Great loss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The draft, I think it is, Uh, and I think it's something that you probably start to promote. Like, oh, we're gonna add. You know, some stores have their rotating draft events where yep. if draft actually fires, they're not doing standard sets because they'll just draft that on arena. But if it's a store that has like some old booster product like Ixalan laying around, yep. I'm like, hey guys, we're doing a throwback draft of Ixalan this week. This is the kind of thing that I think you do that with, similar to Quad Masters, okay. um, where people are just happy to do it because the value's there and it's yep. different. Granted, that happened a lot more during like Capenna when the limited environment was hot. Hot garbage. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, the Dom R Limited environment also looks like hot, hot garbage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's an absolute reprint set, and I didn't see anything that kind of pulls interest. They did a lot of rarity shifting, it looks like all over the place, up and down. Yeah. So there's some opportunity, but there's some weird cards that are just going to make for either a miserable environment or going to be duds, sadly. Yep. Yeah. You know, as cool as high tide is. I don't really think you're doing much with it, but that's just, you know, one of 261 cards right. to discuss. Right, yeah. Now, when it comes to not product display, but, like, overall placement, is this something that you would focus on when it rolls in just to get eyes on it, do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, especially on something like this, because, again, it's just not – It's it's a product you want to get rid of. And and you can't really door bust it. And it's not coming out before the holidays, which is actually the worst part for the LGS. Mm. The fact that this hits in January when we're already going to be reeling and not have a ton of money because, you know, well, sorry, we'll have the money. We won't be able to, like, sell through the way that we would have prior to Christmas because other people spent all their money at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to be the thing people elect to spend money on yep. afterwards but if it came out beforehand absolutely that would be great unfortunately not the case
0: okay.
1: uh, so it it is like try to display emphasize not I don't like the term upsell uh, but try to make people aware that hey this product exists too and this may be something that they want Yeah. just to kind of get out there that hey this, this is a thing maybe try it out okay Uh, And I don't think that's the worst.
0: That's fair. I was thinking about this earlier in the week, and nothing about this feels like the Time Spiral remastered release, whereby that product was released very similarly. It's just a reprint of everything in the block, curated around a draft environment that did fire, but there is the extra slot that just, you know, effectively the value slot, the value add. And that seemed to have a lot more draw than this set. And I'm looking at this not from a collector booster standpoint, but just from... The, the draft interest like I know several people that still have boxes of remastered waiting for people to be interested to draft it they're not cracking it for vo- for value they're just holding on without yeah. an alternative option like that or a focus we could say on a set like this does it make it worse than Time Spiral remastered for an LGS
1: so Time Spiral remastered was kind of unique because it was the first set that had the retro throwbacks uh, and it's You know, I I think the analog here is you take a look at the most desired card out of that set, which was probably the Retro Border Thoughtseize foil, uh, or the Retro Border Ponder Ponder, foil. Um, Either either of those are good analogs for, like, the Force of Will and what its expected value could be. Uh, The big difference is production limitations that hit Time Spiral Remastered will presumably not be there for DOM Remastered. Mm -hmm. So if my floor or my ceiling as an LGS at the time was a $1,000 foil and now the ceiling is a $250 foil, I don't feel as good about Dom Remastered as I do about Time Spiral because of the production, because of the wallet fatigue. You know, I, we, God, I, between the bad publicity that Wizards has gotten, the set releases and everything else, people are legitimately tired and this is as an LGS, we're starting to feel that crunch. Uh, it's not just at events anymore that people come in, come up to booths, and they're like, "Hey, uh, I just want out. I I just don't like it. It's it's not for me. I can't get behind it. It's just not my thing." Yep.
0: Uh,
1: people are coming into the store now and doing that. In in fact, we had someone come in yesterday with beta duels, uh, and a recall and two workshops. That was like, "Yeah, I'm just done. I don't I don't want to do it anymore." Uh, I don't really like the way the game is headed stuff like that that's just very eye-opening and that also makes me less sure about Dom Remastered Uh, because if you have people that are entrenched like that that are coming out you really start to consider okay is this something we can actually deal with do we want to be super bearish on this card or is this like, eh, you know what, let's hold off a little.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not the most important thing in the world for us.
0: Yeah. So at this point in time, the focus, you you would say from an LGS standpoint, you feel is better placed on the standard set. Something you know that's going to sell yeah, a little bit better. Where the current hype is, where the PR machine is focused right now. And yeah. something that looks like it's actually going to propel the game forward instead of just put another set of commander reprints into the ecosystem.
1: Exactly. And okay. it's it's not necessarily that uh, it'll Well, yeah, it it'll sell better and it is a more efficient use of funds. Uh, because, you know, the standard draft collector set, whatever, they're much more affordable. Yeah. Than the stuff
0: we're dealing with on, you know, the level of Dom R. Yeah, on both sides, for you and for the players because you get the yeah. you know, you're paying whatever the numbers is on the standard set versus Dom R and your margin on that is Effectively going to be the same by the two hundred and twenty dollars a collector booster. That is also a lot of overhead placed yep. on you financially. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's just not something that you know the LGS is able to withstand like it used to be able to. You know, we're liquidity is key now. You you can't really stash the way you used to be able to. So it's just not like, and and again, this is people from all over, even some of the larger stores out there and some that have been established for years um, have you know when talking to him they're just like yeah i i like one of them has been doing this for shit since early 2000s 2003 mm-hmm. ish uh, and he told me look this is i have never felt worse about a set that's that is shocking yeah Oh, no, uh, that's fair to to hear that someone legitimately is just yeah no I've i've never felt worse about this this is garbage this is real bad
0: yeah the, the when the birds of paradise was spoiled around M thirty and people were comparing the two hundred fifty dollars price tag for those packs and the bird that looks the exact same as the bird in Dom R and they're like this yep. one cost me two hundred fifty dollars this one's gonna cost me six like yeah yeah it's fucking <laughs> ridiculous why would you wanna, that why would you partake in that you know it's, it's just yeah. silly yeah at, at the end of the day though as a, a spectator for the game, this is a set that I would just kind of let wash past me. I didn't care about Time Spiral Remastered. I didn't draft that. I usually don't care about unsets either. Yeah, They're not for me. I know it, and I don't have to engage with them, or I can engage with them as I choose, which is generally by the singles I need afterwards. That's how I deal with yeah. or interact with most sets. Something like this, it'll be similar. I'm not going to hold this product on my own. I don't believe on in this product in the long term. This isn't ema that has force and monovolt and vampiric tutor right yeah like that set is still a banger because the hits just keep on coming with that dmr is not the same way yeah. it is full of nice to have commander reprints did worldly tutor need a imprint yeah sure for what it does absolutely but it shouldn't be like one of the buzzworthy cards in yeah. the set like they could have done again a vault or a crypt, something else alongside Force of Will to put a little pressure on it. Like Sure, Dockside Extortionist might not live on Dominaria, but you know what? Why does that card, one, need to exist, two, need to be legal in Commander, and three, have to have the price tag it does? Like At least they could have solved one of those problems and just put it in here and gave Commander players another reason to interact with this set. And it just seems like from that part, it's a swing and a miss. So there's no reason for me to open this if this was this leaned one way or the other I might actually be interested in drafting it but this just looks miserable yeah it's all it's over. not great not at all okay uh, so basically I've covered everything that I, I could think of from a vendor perspective about this set like what my final numbers are is I'm probably going to order a portion of what distro will allocate me I'm not going to buy my full I'll walk yeah. on it until either we sell out really quickly the first time around or we need to re-up the bus for singles I'll, I'll eat Like you said, I'll eat this one by not going deep on it so I can push into the standard set. Exactly. Just
1: cool. Don't worry about it. Not my thing. Yep. Yeah.
0: Ready for picks then? Yes, let's do it. All right, cool. So I'll go first this week. Sure. Now, I'm sticking with Commander, but I'm going over to blue, away from green. Now, uh, this this card is a quick turnaround for me it's about a month old on my list and it is curiosity crafter from commander 2021 yes and when you look at stocks it, it's it looks pretty flat but when you zoom in you actually realize it's coming out of a, a fairly deep plateau and this one on my list in early november which is when i bought my copies because this card is not the fanciest or the most splashiest but it does some interesting things for three in a blue it's a three three flyer with two passives one it says you have no maximum hand size great two it says whenever a creature token you control deals combat damage to a player draw a card and we've seen that effect be very sought after in commander going all the way back to the first releases with like Edric's by master of trust or whatever the Simic card is from the Riku deck so I thought okay this is a number of things going for it that seemed pretty interesting and at the time it was $2 so I bought in and over time, we've seen the, the price increase on the open market and at buy list. So TCG right now is sitting at uh, $3-ish or three thirty. dollars oh, almost three fifteen up, up from $3.10 earlier in the week uh, with 78 listings, at, yep, at Near Men or Better. Card Kingdom is buying 45 at $2.50. And while that is down, from when I started taking my notes on this. It is still up, you know, 25% from where we were looking at and crested to almost $3 cash. So even if you were to buy it now, you'd still be able to make a little bit of money by arbitraging. And then if you wait a little bit, like I'll talk about later, you should be able to out the buy list for a decent amount of profit. Now, when we look at the card, well, why is this interesting? Well, half the card is applicable to any deck playing blue because it's blue, and you have no maximum hand size, which is exactly what you want. You just want to draw all the cards. Well, where are you going to put them? Some people want to put them in the graveyard. Not all of them. Some of them just want them in their hand. The rest of them want them in their hand, and this does it. But full full utilization of this comes from themes that want to create tokens, and reading the card explains the card. That basically gets you to where this is playable in Commander. Now, diving a little deeper into the format information, this is... Fairly agnostic when you start looking at color pairings. As long as there's blue in the commander identity, we're seeing this card in lists, but it seems that pairing it with black is not a very common decision. Prior to the Warhammer 40k releases, we did not see a lot of interest in blue-black pairings, Esper, etc. Now we're seeing a little bit more, but it is still infrequent. It is probably the lowest on the list in uh, two and three color pairings. One of the most important things that I'm seeing even just at a surface level though, is that this is being played in both go wide and go, call, go tall strategies. So this maximizes the appeal across token players because you're getting everything. Now, if you take a look at the tokens theme on Rec and you look at all combinations involving blue, this plays in 41% of Azor decks up through 88% of Simic decks. And it's listed as a high synergy card and features in all other color pairings as a regular creature in fluctuating percents from 17 and 19 in Esper and 5C, respectively, all the way up to 40% of Izzet decks. This is every color combination that plays blue. This card is somewhere in a list on the 99, only as low as 17%, going all the way up to, like I said, 88% Simic so decks. That's ridiculous. Again, self-reporting audience, but here we are. This is what we got. Yeah. Now, this does immediately outclass options like Edric's by Master of Trust because it offers a larger body and a unilateral trigger as well as a passive. Edric actually applied to all players of the game. It was the yep. exact same passive ability of drawing a card, but if we were playing a four-player game and I controlled Edric, now anybody who attacks anybody with a creature is going to draw a card. Yep. So this is just a little tighter package overall. It costs one mana more, but it just completely outclasses all the options. So it's immediately better than what was there previously. Now, I also have a feeling this plays at the Invisibles level as well, but as we'll discuss shortly, I'm not too concerned with that demographic. We want to get ahead of the continuing printing of token-themed commanders and precons. And the reason I say I don't really care about the Invisibles demographics is because even though token strategies are going to be seen at those tables, a lot of the overlap for Invincible cards like Cura Best the Sea Gods that just makes big, dopey tokens doesn't really overlap with this card when you take a look at Wreck. And those groups are not the same. I know that, but based on velocity, etc., this is—it's not the Invisibles pushing this card. It really is Commander players that are part of the self-reporting demographic. So timeline. We're gonna start with a few stats here. The regular art sells about three hundred nearmint copies a month, and that's broken out into right now. Oh, sorry. I don't ever break out of uh, LP and ear and. Uh, nm total sorry just 300 near mint a month lp is actually not a great seller but when you look at the remaining copies filtered at four plus this is what i wanted to say there are 206 near mint and lp copies across 49 vendors total there are 115 total copies across 10 vendors with four plus at lp and near mint so there's actually not a whole lot left no. Of this card, it's like two hundred and some odd out there. If Vila keeps static, we'll see the price increase by a dollar in a few weeks, and that's because the cheapest listings move up a dollar. And in a month to forty-five days, almost a double up in price. Similarly, with the caveat that no one else moves into the market to reset the price. We talked about uh, price anchoring last week. Companies like uh, the Gamey Co. and what was it like MTG Strategy or something like that? Yeah, they were anchoring my pick last week by posting 400 copies of it. You got to work through that. Like not quite what's happening here. Yeah. But if somebody else were to move into the market, they could absolutely with quantity, they could absolutely anchor the price for a while. Now we're very close to arbitrage, like I mentioned earlier. And within the next month or two, we should be able to move these at a profit in person, but buyless is going to lag behind until demand moves from the open market to vendors and they're forced to reset that could take closer to three months. So that's kind of the timeline. Is if you want to get out in person, you want to trade these out in person, you're looking at a month or two. If you want to go buy a list, you're looking at about three months. But again, this is a, I think this is another car that you need to keep your eyes on. It's going to move pretty quickly because yeah. there's not a lot of supply out there. There just okay. wasn't before. There isn't now, and it's moving at a decent, decent enough velocity that it's just going to disappear from the market before a lot of people realize. The reprint equity on this is kind of scary, because mm-hmm. the first thing I thought of was that this actually seems like a card that could be printed into Standard. I thought of this alongside, like, Sphinx's Rev. This doesn't have Flash, yeah. but this surely plays in, a, in an Azor control deck if that's what they ever want to do in Standard again, where you're just drawing a ton of cards and you want to keep 8, 9, 10 in your hand. And But that is all that worries me about this. The power level isn't over the top, and it would be at home in a heavy, to, a heavily token-based format, but I don't see WotC crossing the streams like that, bringing Commander cards into Standard. I don't they might have done it once or twice before, but not in, or maybe from the, I'm thinking of unsets into standard, but they don't really do that. And you have to focus on tokens, and we haven't seen that kind of focus since Lorwyn. Yeah. Right? And if we saw another Simic token-style deck, like we did with XTX, the Quandrix deck or whatever, the Sim, the... The one that made fractals i would expect to see this in that deck otherwise this gets lost to the sands of time and that's kind of what we want nobody's playing this on stream right now it's just slowly being bought out by the market that's kind of what led me down that path of the invisibles but i was just like there's no way that it's really the invisibles pushing this card people are buying it in quantities of one they're not buying it in quantities of more than that so this is very much a commander kind of driven demand as far as buy quantity is concerned I got my six in November as kind of a penny spec to keep an eye on. And I'm happy that I picked up. I think I got another eight. So if you're out as the buy list, feel free to go real deep. But if you want to move this locally for profit, then I think a dozen is on the top end of the quantity you want to pick up just yep. because you're going to run out of players to trade this to. Like, I'm sure everybody plays blue because why would you play any other color in Commander? Like, you could play mono red, but then you're just going to get cursed by the mountains. Yep. And that's it. That's all you lose. You just draw all your lands. So if you're if you're playing blue, here you go. If you're if you're not making tokens, you still have a three three flyer for four that gives you no maximum hand size. There's no shortage of ways in blue to drop X cards. We've talked about a lot of them over yeah. over time. They're great looks. They are. Uh
1: I think it's great. Again, uh having so on to the point of reprint equity when you talk about well, maybe there's a token thing. We already know where we're going this year. Yeah. Uh, none of the sets really have that much of a token theme or have. Uh, so I don't see reprints happening. But long term, I mean, this does. It, it's, again, one of those things that hits at like not the CEDH level, but at the 75 percent level yeah. where you're like, all right, I'm high power, but I'm not competitive. Yeah. Yeah. And it hits, like you said, at the invisible level. So it hits your widest, you know, if you're going to exclude a group of edh from finance cedh is not the biggest driver uh so it hits all of your incredibly relevant types in edh that want to spend money yeah yeah just just
0: really good yeah it was surprising me to find this in every single deck that involved or color pairing that involved blue on rec because i was just looking at high synergy for a while i'm like these are all tokens deck token decks this card has to be identified as high synergy across all the color pairings, and I started sorting my tabs, and I had like four, like almost half my color pairings didn't have Curiosity Crafter as a high synergy card. I'm like, there's no way this card isn't in the list. And then I started searching, and it showed up in Creatures, and it was there in every single one of those lists. I don't know why Is It Tokens doesn't have this as a high synergy card at 48%, what Azor does at 41 but that's neither here nor there. Uh, there's something going on in the back end that, uh, that does not identify. This is a high synergy strategy when your general's like brutal clad or whatever. Yeah. Like it a lot. My pick eh, does play at
1: every level of EDH. Uh, it's kind of a market trend pick. So last week when I picked Force of Will I said sell it now because, or two weeks ago I said sell it because it's going to go down. Uh, this week I'm picking, even though I said it's a terrible set for most of this episode, and people are turned off of it, uh, Old Border Foil Counterspell from Dom Remastered. Uh, So, this is the first Old Border Counterspell we have had since Mercadian Masks. Uh, The analogs here, obviously 7th edition and Mercadian Masks, which foils were a completely different market then. Uh, We'll take a look at the Mercadian Masks stocks graph as a basis for this. Uh, ignore what happened in april of 21 when it spiked to eighty thousand dollars we're gonna zoom in past that you can see it basically just it's the floor the floor is the floor is the floor it goes up a little bit and now we're at a new floor that's higher than the last floor was for the foil price same deal with masks and both of them are currently on a downtrend because we just got announced an old border counterspell. now Right now, it's pre-selling at $6. That seems really good to me. Uh, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of foils. Because for Damar, we just have collector boosters in draft. There's no set. So people that are opening this for singles are obviously going to be opening collector boosters. Um, Now, $6 is a great price to me. Any old border foil for $6 of an incredibly highly played card is a win. Uh, so being able to get old border foil and it's the most recent art. So it's the one that people recognize more. I think that's awesome. Uh, quantity wise, I'd probably be looking, we're going play sets with this one, EDH sets, uh, because it sees play in middle school, pre-modern, pauper. And honestly, just having five of them for EDH is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, I'm probably going to pick up about 20 of these. 100 bucks, 80 bucks, whatever. Fine. Cool. And timeline, that's where it gets kind of sketchy. So we're probably not going to... I mean, they've, this isn't getting printed into standard anytime soon. Uh, my worry is that unless we start seeing a large concentration of modern events, where we do have Counterspell Legal now, uh, you're not going to see a lot of velocity... That You're not going to see a lot of high-velocity improvements in the price. I think what you'll see is just a steady climb. And I think in about, realistically, it might be about 12 months before we see a profitable return on this. Because if there's something, you know, recently we've noticed in sets when they come out, it's no longer, you know, stuff spiking in three to six months because of, how consistent product releases have gotten it's taking a little bit longer for some of those cards to spike really high in price especially with the lack of paper events and eternal formats Uh, no legacy no modern pioneer i guess just happened but that was at a level that doesn't necessarily impact the price uh until some of that stuff changes it is going to be a little bit longer term of a park but uh card kingdom They've already sold out and re-upped five times on their pre-orders. They're now sitting at six dollars, sold out again, which means they may not be getting, they may not be relisting those until they crack and fulfill everything. Uh, I just think it's, I mean, again, it's just a really good card. Have you ever played it? it does great things in EDH, it does great things in sixty card. I just think it's a really good opportunity because this is something that if it's selling for six dollars now, it's probably going to be like two dollars on release day. Granted, we've got a long time till release day, but I also don't think you can lose out at $6. This is something I'm shouting out now just to keep an eye on and come closer to release time. I'll mention it again, not as a pick, obviously, but hey, now is the time we have this coming out. Let's try to pick it up while we can.
0: Just think it's a solid look. Looking at Counterspell Foils is an interesting proposition for me because i was high on them when they were first reprinted in i think it was m25 yeah um a local sold me one and i was happy to have it because that was the first counterspell foil and i was glad to have it eventually sold out because it just didn't do anything it wasn't modern legal yet i think i might have gotten it gotten out around uh, it must have been like before modern horizon said so i didn't get out for max value and then after that, they just continue printing counterspell in new border in the same art, and the prices just do nothing but fall off a cliff at release and flatline. So, this is a really unique opportunity to buy into an old border counterspell for the first time since Masks. And, like you point yeah. out, with only those two data points in front of us, <clears throat> it does make sense that this is an opportunity to kind of stake your claim. Yeah. And move in on something to make a little bit. And i know the price point at five or six is pretty savory and at the end of the day i was just checking on decks and right now is it Merktide is not one of the most successful decks it's just one of the most popular and there's a big difference there right but that deck runs four copies of counterspell each yeah so if you find somebody who's building Merktide, moving into Merktide, whatever they're gonna need four right modern yeah them. cool you got them that's easy as far as the rest of the format is concerned, yeah, that's a little more interesting and a little more difficult because they have Mystical Dispute. Yeah. And Mystical Dispute kind of makes it easy for non-control decks to hold their own against something like Azor. Mystical Dispute is like an Omnath play. Yeah. But if the format ever rolls around to a point where Azor or Control can pick up more market share, that's another deck that's going to be very interested in the card counterspell. Yeah. Like if anything if a if an azor based Stoneblade deck ever really comes up from personal experience force of negation yep. and counter spell are premier cards in that strategy because you can play infinite dual lands and it's yep. very easy to ca- to cast that spell and i think overall this is a really good look the only thing i disagree on i think is quantity i think a commander playset is fine but I think in time, you're going to find that you might be wishing you had more because you're going to find opportunity to move it. You mentioned we haven't, we don't know when Modern Season is coming. We don't know if Modern Season is coming. But the moment we find out Modern Season is coming, now everybody pays attention to Modern Season. Yeah. And we have to find out what to do. And being ahead of cards like this and some of the elementals that are very cheap right now is a very good place to be. So calling out a card like Counterspell that isn't quite a pillar of that format but could be and there was a time where it was yes is just not anymore it's a very good idea because we get ahead of it just like curiosity crafter we're getting ahead of what's coming and that's what we like to do yeah that's why we pick yep so i think that's going to be it for me on this um i don't really have much more to say about nope, i'm good Master. so for mtg cabalcast where you can find us on Twitter, Patreon, Facebook, and YouTube. I am at halt, I am Reptar. You are at Thirsty Sizzler, and we'll see you next week.